Well, good morning, church family. I hope you guys are doing well, that you're staying safe and healthy. And we just love that you're able to join us today. For those of you guys at the church, welcome. For those of you on Zoom, good morning, welcome. For those of you on YouTube, welcome as well. And, you know, I, I just want to encourage you guys to always remember and be praying for people that you don't see, because there are people now really in three different places that we get to fellowship with and minister to. But sometimes maybe if we don't see people because we're not with them at the church, we're not online at Zoom or we're not, you know, on YouTube that we might kind of forget that they're still there. So I want to encourage you guys to be thinking about them and to be praying for them. Let me open us up in some prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for um, just the many ways that you bless us, Lord, whether it's blessings, um, Lord, that maybe more worldly in nature, Lord, maybe we're blessed with um, a new job, we're blessed with good health, different ways that you take care of us, Lord, but we also want to thank you for the challenges, Lord Jesus, because, Lord, we know that those blessings cause us to grow closer to you, Lord, so even when we go through tough times, we know that we can draw closer to you and that it's a blessing, and Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide me today, that you would um, guide my words, my thoughts, how we just process what we are talking about today. And we just pray this all in your name. Amen. So a couple things. One, you may notice that I am in a new background that I was the last two weeks, one that's been very familiar to you guys. I am back in Colorado. There's been a few things that have happened. I'm going to actually kind of weave it into my sermon today. God just kind of... Um, I don't know, he just kind of manifested in a way where kind of the things going on in my life very much are connected to the sermon series that I've been preaching. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we started talking about the ministry of suffering. We talked about what is suffering and it's enduring or undergoing misfortune, calamity, evil, or affliction. And we also talked about what that looks like and what causes suffering or, or how did suffering come about and we learn that through the Bible, we, we see that it's Adam and Eve and their original sin and God's response to their sin, that that is what allowed suffering to exist. And so that is where suffering first came into the world. And then as we went through that first sermon, we talked about why suffering is difficult. It's things like people maybe not understanding what suffering is, or maybe they're so focused on the world, they don't like to feel pain. I don't think any of us likes to go through struggle. And then we transitioned to talking about the ministry of suffering and that as Christians, we are called to suffer. That is just part of what happens when we are believers. And so today I want to take that a little bit further and talk about why the ministry of suffering, why it's important. So that's where we're going to start today is why is the ministry of suffering? Why are those tough challenges that we go through, that the world goes through, that others go through? Why is it so important to our faith? That's the first thing I want to talk about today. And so we see that it's so important in one area or many areas, but one of them is that it affects our relationships. And the first place we see this is our relationship with God. When we go through suffering, it can grow us closer to God, and it can help us to realize that we need to rely and depend on him. So that is one of the ways that suffering affects our relationships. It also affects the relationships that we have with others. 
that we can actually grow closer to others when we have shared experiences. And it also helps us to become empathetic to the struggles and challenges that others go through. When we go through suffering, we can actually sometimes feel the pain that others are going through. That's the difference between sympathy and empathy. Empathy is really when you put yourself in someone's shoes, it's almost as if you take on the pain and the struggles that they're going through. So it increases our ability to empathize with others. And suffering, it also affects the relationship with ourselves. We get to know ourselves better. We're able to see areas in our own life where we are strong. And we can also see areas in our life where we struggle, where we're weak, maybe areas where we need some growth. Those are the ways that suffering can affect our relationship. Suffering, it's so powerful. It also has the ability to change our perspective. One of the ways that it does that is that it helps us to truly develop a grateful heart. When you go through suffering, when you go through loss and challenges, often you get to a place where you appreciate so much more the things that you do have in life. Imagine if you go through suffering where you have a lung disease or you have challenges breathing, it will probably help you to more appreciate when you were able to breathe without issue. Or if you have that ability to breathe freely again, you will appreciate it that much more because you have lost something or if you've been challenged in a certain area. And that gratefulness, ultimately, it helps us to truly appreciate what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he died for us, that he gave his life for us, for our sins. Suffering, it also changes our perspective in that it helps us or it reminds us not to rely or put our hope in the world. Psalm 146, verse 3, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. So we don't put our trust, our hope in people. We don't put our hope and trust in things of this world. There's only one thing that we put our hope and trust in, and that's God, because none of those things have the ability to truly save us, to give us eternal life. Only Jesus does. So suffering reminds us, don't put your hope in the world. It also reminds us, us of who God is, his character, his traits, and what he's done for us. A couple of those are the, a couple of those, one of them is his ability to comfort us. 2 Corinthians 1.5, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So, so much of the comfort that we experience, it is tied to our suffering and it's all tied to Jesus because he is the one that truly comforts us when we're suffering. It reminds us again, I mentioned this earlier, of Jesus' sacrifice. Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. When we suffer, it reminds us of Jesus and his sacrifice. We're also reminded of God's nearness to us, 
even when we don't feel that. I'm sure for those of you guys that have suffered, and we all have, doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian, everyone suffers at one point in time. But I'm sure all of us, there was a time when we went through some hard challenges and we said to ourselves, where are you, God? I just don't see you. I don't feel you. I don't feel your presence around me. But God is there. And suffering, it actually helps us to remember that. Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is near us. And often it's not that he's distant, it's our minds are focused on other things. And that's what's making God feel so distant from us. It's actually us. It's our emotions. It's how we are processing things. One other reason why it is so important to go through the ministry of suffering and how it affects our faith is that suffering can prepare you for your ministry or your calling. When you go through challenges, it gives you credibility. You've experienced some tough times and it gives you some credibility when you talk about certain topics. It also gives you an incredible testimony to share. Luke 8 verses 38 and 39 the man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. When we go through challenges and when God delivers us from those challenges, when we go through them, even if we have battle, battle scars and battle wounds, those battle scars, those battle wounds, there are testimony. And they help us to share the gospel message of Jesus' sacrifice because of his love for us. And suffering, it can also help you to develop a heart towards certain people or certain circumstances. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You know, I've had a powerful reminder in me being in Colorado now, you know, going through the challenges that my family is, seeing my dad going through cancer now, it has given me such a heart for people who have loved ones who are going through cancer as well. It's really helping me to understand what it means to be a caretaker. The, the patience that you need, the understanding that you need, also the fear that you have. And that can happen in all kinds of circumstances. When you go through challenges in life, those challenges can help you to develop a heart for others that are going through the same thing. That's why our testimonies are so important. That's why our testimonies are so powerful, if we're willing to share them. And that's about understanding how the ministry of suffering is important to our faith. It also, going through suffering, it also helps us. It is a reminder to repent. As I mentioned with Adam and Eve and how suffering became existent in the world, it was because of sin. So some of the suffering we go through, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, 
Some of that is a direct result of our actions. Not all, much of the suffering, probably the bulk of what we go through is not a direct result of our sins, but some is. And so that's one way that it affects our faith. It reminds us that we need to repent. Suffering, another reminder I mentioned earlier is that it builds our reliance on God. We need to put all of our trust in him. We need to seek him when we're going through those challenges. And it also helps us to take our focus off the things of this world. And it reminds us that we have an eternal reward in heaven. We talked about that several weeks ago when we went through the Beatitudes. And we talked about blessings, that we have this eternal reward. And it's not always easy to think about eternity. But ultimately, our reward is eternal life with Jesus. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What incredible promise, what incredible reminder that the pain and struggles that we go through in this world are suffering, they're temporary. And this, there is an eternal glory that going through those challenges, right? That, that being achieved, this eternal glory, because Jesus died for us, we get to experience salvation. So suffering helps us in our faith in that it helps us not to focus on the things of this world. Now, you may be saying to yourself, you know, that's great. I get it. But it's so hard. It's so hard to follow through with that. It's so hard for my mind to wrap around suffering and going through it. So let me kind of give you a what happens scenario. So I want to talk about what happens when we resist suffering. Because we are going to go through it one way or another. But the thing is, we can either try to fight it or we can try to write it out, and we can ask God to help us to do that. So when people resist or they try to fight suffering as much as they can, typically they respond in one of two ways and sometimes both. The first way is they go into denial. They might not even acknowledge that suffering is going on, which means it's going to be really challenging to deal with a situation if you don't even acknowledge that that situation exists. And you may try to fool yourself, you may try to fool others, and it's going to start to affect you. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect how you trust people, obviously how you trust God. So that's one of the ways or one of the things that happens when people resist suffering. And the second one is people start to look to the world or worldly things to cover the pain. This example I thought of, because I think it's very common for a lot of people. That before you're married, you know, for those of you that aren't, you know, when you get, went through dating situations in your life, there's people that would go through really terrible breakups. And, and this can actually happen if you're married and go through a divorce as well. It's the same thing that you can go through a breakup, but instead of processing the pain and suffering that you're going through for having that relationship end, 
There's people that immediately jump into a new relationship. They're looking to the world. They're looking to a new relationship to cover the old one. And they're bringing all that baggage into the next one. So chances are they're going to have to go to another relationship because they've already started off on the wrong foot. That's one example. People turn to drugs and alcohol, various addictions that people develop because they are looking to the world to cover their pain because they don't want to go through suffering. Many people like to run away from their problems instead of dealing with them head on with God. So we need to be careful that we don't resist suffering. Now, here's the problem with either of those responses. I mentioned that sometimes it affects relationships around you, how you trust people. Well, there's a couple others. We miss opportunities to learn. We miss opportunities to learn about ourselves, our conviction, our morals, and our genuine beliefs. When you go through suffering, it is a great way to challenge what you believe because it's either going to solidify the things you believe, your convictions you hold on to, especially your Christian beliefs and morals, or it's going to completely shatter them. If we don't go through suffering, we may also lose the opportunity to learn about how we have a role in some of the suffering that we go through. And we also have a role in some of the suffering others go through. And ultimately, that's because of our sin nature. So when you don't go through suffering or when you try to fight it, you don't learn about your role in suffering in the world. We also miss an opportunity to see how we can serve others through our suffering. Earlier, I mentioned how, you know, Scripture tells us that God comforts us not just for ourselves, but often so we can comfort other people. Well, when you resist suffering, you lose that opportunity. And all of that, it can take us to a place where we begin to question God. And we question his character. We question his nature. We start to think maybe the Bible, maybe it's not true. And this can cause people to become bitter towards God. And then we begin to forget what God has done for us. Not just in the past, we begin to forget what God has done for us in the future. And that's that point where people's faith can waver. I've seen people get to this point and they walk away from God. Or you start seeing them, you know, they say they're Christians, but they lack passion and desire for their faith. And they don't have much desire for their relationship with God, but they call themselves Christians. This is what can happen when we don't allow ourselves to go through suffering, when we try to deny it, when we try to fight it. So how then, knowing that that can be a problem that we could go through when we don't allow ourselves to go through suffering, how can we possibly look at suffering in a more positive light? When I first put this sermon together, this point was kind of called, how do we embrace suffering? And so I started talking to Emily about it and I realized, you know, I don't think any of us will fully ever embrace suffering. You know, I'm not embracing the situation my family's going through right now. 
but I realized I can look at it in a more positive light. I can see God working through the challenges. And so the way that we can do it, the way that we can look at suffering in a more positive light is asking God. That's the key. Ask God through prayer. Ask him to help you understand in your head and your heart, because as we, as we talked about, our faith, believing Jesus is a head and heart thing. It's both. Ask God to help you remember three truths. The first one is suffering has a purpose. We've mentioned a few earlier. Here's a couple more. It is an opportunity to fully trust and believe God. When you're going through suffering, it is an incredible time to say, God, I can't do anything to change my circumstances. I need you to help me because no one else and nothing can only you. So that is an incredible purpose that suffering has, is to help us to fully trust and believe God. So in that, it helps to strengthen our faith, which is an incredible purpose. It allows us to minister to others. Earlier, we mentioned about your calling and your ministry. Suffering also has that purpose, to help us care for others. And then it reveals areas where you may need spiritual growth. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe your son or daughter, maybe they're not Christians now, or maybe they have wandered from their faith and you are freaking out. Well, can you put your trust in God? Can you say, God, I cannot do anything on my own. I can't make my kids come back to you. I can't make myself have a job, but Lord, you can take care of my needs. You can open doors. You can help guide my kids back to you. Holy Spirit, you can give me the right words to share with my kids. Maybe if you go through that suffering, it'll show you you're lacking in some of those areas. Maybe your faith isn't as strong as you thought it was. And this is an opportunity to ask God to help you grow in your trust and your belief. Or maybe there's other areas. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe when you go through suffering, it's revealed that, wow, I don't pray very often. I don't read God's word. That's another way that suffering, it could help us. So that was the first truth that we need to understand in our heads and hearts is that suffering has a purpose. The second one, is that God's ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55 verses eight through nine, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is incredibly important to understand because we may never be able to truly or fully understand to our satisfaction and that's so important to our satisfaction the purpose of suffering and god why god allows it to take place 
So we need to understand God does things differently than we do. He thinks about things differently than we do. He has all the information. We have a little speck of information. He has it all. So that is an important truth that we need to get into our hearts and our minds. Because it is hard enough to process things like health issues, financial challenges, or relational struggles. Those are not easy for any of us to deal with, no matter how strong a Christian we are. And while we may be able, as Paul and James did in Romans 5, 3 and James 1, verses 2 through 4, if you want to look those up, feel free. Romans 5, 3 and James 1, verses 2 through 4, they sound very similar. So God, I think, is trying to get a point to us. We may be able to be like Paul and James and understand how God is growing our faith through suffering, through the challenges that we go through in life. We may be like them. We may be able to do that. But there are situations and circumstances where it is incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to see any purpose in suffering. For example, when suffering involves children, it's really hard for us to understand any purpose in that. Or when we hear or see defenseless people going through abuse, those are two situations that it's really hard for me to reconcile a purpose. And that's why we need God's help through the power of the Holy Spirit to help us understand that God does things differently. I mentioned earlier the scripture said his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. God is sovereign. He is in absolute control of everything. And God knows everything. He knows how things will end. So where we're limited and we can only see, hey, this ended and this happened, that, that's all we can see. But God, he connects all sorts of dots. That's why we need to understand truth number two, that God's ways are not our ways. Now, the final truth to help us to have a better view or to put in a better light the ministry of suffering is that God is redemptive. I'm sure you've heard that word before, God redeems. But what exactly is redemption? Well, when you look at the original Koine Greek word for redemption, it means to free or to buy back. And that's in the context of a slave. And so that slave, their situations or circumstances were changed. They were redeemed at a price. Usually this came like uh, it was basically kind of a financial transaction. Someone was like, I am going to free you. I am going to buy your life back. That's what the original Greek meant. And so how this applies to us is that we can have redemption in our situations. Our situations can be turned around. God can redeem our suffering. And here is the praise God statement here. And that is sometimes redemption for suffering can take place in this lifetime. I'm sure that is what all of us want to hear. And the 
probably the most powerful place we, saw, we have seen this, besides Jesus redeeming all of us on the cross, a very tangible in-world situation is Job's story. Job 42, verses 10 through 12, says this. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored all his fortune and gave him twice as much as he had before. That's pretty incredible. He got double for his trouble. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. I can't even fathom what that looks like. That is a zoo times a hundred. So there are times when God will redeem your suffering in this lifetime. But sometimes redemption for suffering It doesn't come in our present life, but the one to come. You see, church, God has eternal purposes that go beyond what we see in this world. And sometimes the ministry of suffering, it is all about eternity. And praise God that despite how long suffering may take place, eventually, A time will come where all suffering will end for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 11. I think this is a great great place to kind of wrap things up with this verse. It says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I love how that begins. Humble yourselves. Kneel down before God. Embrace God as your Lord and Savior. Let him know that he is your everything and you cannot do anything without him. Humble yourself. So that's where this all starts. Humble yourselves before God. And as we continue, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What an incredible promise. The God of the universe, he is saying, when you are suffering, cast that suffering on me. Let me know what you are going through because I care for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is going through the same kind of sufferings. I love that transition. So we have to humble ourselves. We need to make God number one in our lives. We have to say, God, we are nothing without you. And then we let God know the sufferings, the challenges that we're going through. And then we need to get our lives right. Be alert 
Satan wants to mess with you. Satan wants to make your life miserable. He is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And how do we do that? By resisting him, standing firm in the faith. That means working on your sin issues. Maturing as a Christian. And realizing that Christians all around the world, they are undergoing the same suffering that you are. Another verse telling us that as Christians, we are called to suffer. The closer you get to God, the more Satan's going to mess with you. Again, another scripture tells us this. And then it says, and the, great, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast to be to him be the power forever and ever amen it's god that comforts it's god that will get us through the suffering through the challenges that we go through and we have to understand that our challenges our suffering they may not all be resolved they may not be redeemed in this lifetime when we look at this passage and it says, after you have suffered a while, sometimes we read that and, and we want to think, oh, so if I go through this pain, if I'm without a job or I have these financial struggles for a year, it'll get better. Ultimately, the scripture is not talking about that. It's saying our life of struggles, it pales in comparison to eternity with God. And that's important for us to understand because as I mentioned earlier, like Job, there's times when our suffering, that God will redeem it in our lifetime. And there's other times when it's going to happen in eternity after we pass away. Church, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to help the way you think, the way you feel about suffering, to get to that place where you realize it is a ministry. It is a way that we can grow the kingdom of God. It's a way that we can grow our faith. But we need to be willing to go through those challenges. We need to be willing to go through the suffering. And really the only thing that will help us go through is understanding those truths. So I pray that if you are going through challenging times, if you have health issues, financial issues, relational issues, if you're struggling with what's going on in the world, pray. Ask God to help you with it. Because if you worry, if you complain, if you get angry, but you want to change, but you're unwilling to ask for God's help, I'm not really sure if it's going to happen. You need to take that step and ask God to help you. You need to pray that God, the God of all comfort, would do that. And then next, you need to get your life right with him. So if there is anyone out there today that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to ask Jesus to come into your heart today. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I can't do anything without you. 
I am suffering. And I would love for my suffering to be redeemed sometime. So accept me as a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to make you number one in my life. I pray if there's anyone out there like that, that you would ask God to come into your heart that way, that you would experience the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, suffering isn't easy. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us as, as we are all currently suffering or, or we will. I pray that we would rely on you, that we would realize that the world cannot solve our problems, that the world cannot end our suffering. Only you can. I pray, Lord, that if there are those out there that, Lord, that redemption from suffering may not come in this lifetime. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you, Holy Spirit, would help them. Help them to see that the ministry of suffering is real. Help them to see how they can affect the lives of others. Lord, I pray that you would give them your peace that transcends all understanding, that peace that it doesn't make sense to us, but through your Holy Spirit, it's possible to experience joy and peace in the most tough, toughest of situations that we can go through. Lord, we love you. We serve you. Help us to be believers that can look at suffering in a different light, that it's an opportunity for us to grow and to help encourage others. Lord, we love you. Lord, we serve you. Lord, help us to put you number one in our lives. We pray this all in your name. Amen. We're going to transition now with a few announcements. Um, I want to start by saying thank you all for those of you guys that were able to join us um, last week on Zoom or YouTube Live for our 70th anniversary. Thank you guys for joining us and for um, all of you at the church because we had a lot of people that were helping out to um, get our first truly joint service together last week. So thank you, all of our AV folks, um, Matt and the worship team. Thank you. Um, you know, for translations, for getting the songs ready, and for everyone else that had a role last week, just thank you again for making our 70th anniversary something special. Uh, today, we are going to be having our mixed groups. Um, it might end up being a mixed group, so for wh whoever wants to join us, please do. It's going to be 11 a.m. on Zoom, and just use the exact same link that you used for service. Just click on that, and we'll either gather in one big room or depending on the number of people, we'll split up into two. And then this week, uh, this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we have our third Wednesday prayer. It's just a time for us to get together and pray. And like I said, everyone is gonna suffer at some time. You may be going through stuff right now and there's a powerful testimony in what you're going through. And so please join us. You know, We wanna pray for you, for pray for one another, um, and you never know that thing that you're asking for prayer for, or that you are praying with your brothers and sisters over, that could be the thing that brings huge encouragement into someone else's life. So I hope you guys will join us. Um, I just want to pray. One, one thing we want to get back to is praying over our offering. And so 
If you want to start something where you give an offering online each week, if you want to start doing that, that's great. Um, we still don't have our baskets or anything. We're not doing that at the church. And so if you want to mail things in or do them online later, but regardless, I want to pray and just thank God um, for his generosity to us, for your generosity in your tithes and offerings. So let me pray over um, uh, what he has blessed us with. Lord Jesus, Thank you, Lord. We know that ultimately everything comes from you. Scripture tells us, Lord, that you even give us the ability to create wealth. And so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would continue your faithfulness, Lord, in taking care of us, for providing for us. Lord, we know that so much of that comes through the faithfulness of believers, Lord Jesus. So I just pray, Lord, that you would really um, multiply, Lord, what is given. Help us to have discernment in how um, money is used, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, speak to each of our hearts, Lord. If, if you would have us to give differently than we did before, Lord, if there are individuals that have never given a tithe or an offering in our lives, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would really challenge them, Lord, to just step out in faith in trusting you and that they would honor you and worship you through the tithes and offerings that they can they can bless you with, Lord Jesus, because ultimately all that has been a blessing from you. Lord, we love you. We serve you. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.